Hey everybody, welcome to episode 6 of Junior Golf Keys. I'm your host Matt, and today we're going to talk about club fitting for juniors. Our guest Alex Hansberger is a good friend of mine. He's a golf instructor and a very experienced club fitter working out of the Missing Link Golf Academy in Lakewood Ranch, Florida. Alex has been in and around the world of club fitting and manufacturing nearly his entire life and has a lot of great insight to share today with parents and players looking for in-depth knowledge about the importance of being properly fit for equipment. Alex shares some advice about how to approach a club fitting and what types of things you should pay attention to as a player and a consumer searching for the right equipment for your bag. I really hope that you enjoy. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, today I've got Alex Hansberger with me from Missing Link Golf Academy, and uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about club fitting. How's it going, Al? It's going very good. How are you doing? Good, man. Good. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we've got an audience of junior golfers and their families, their parents, uh, maybe some coaches and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we've worked together a little bit, uh, just wanted to bring you on and kind of dive into some different, um, topics about club fitting for juniors and see if we can bring some value to that group. So, um, why don't you just start off and kind of tell us a little bit about you and, and your background. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I, I grew up in the golf club manufacturing business, um, three generations of different manufacturers, starting with uh, my grandfather in 1947, along with his three brothers, started a company that later turned into Ram Golf. Um, and there was a little uh, period of time where the company was bought and sold and then purchased back. And But basically, from 1947 to 1993, my family, for the most part, owned Ram Golf, and then sold that company um, in pieces to Tommy Armour, Teardrop, and TaylorMade. Um, and then my dad started a custom club company out of Chicago called um, Vulcan Golf, which he operated from 93 to 2010. So basically, I, you know, I grew up, you know, I think I was about I used to go to the Ram Golf Factory and watch guys uh, work with tour players and build golf clubs, and I learned kind of the ins and outs and everything behind that. So that's really my background. Um, and later, you know, playing professionally on mini tours and getting into teaching, and I've been doing all of that basically my uh, for the past uh, 15 years. So Awesome. Um well, I've been around you a lot. I know that you've got a lot of good experience and you know, I like the way that you go about fitting. And I think you would agree that, you know, junior clubs have, have come a long way. Um, you know, I remember the days, maybe you do too, of, you know, just cutting the clubs down, you know, some adult clubs so that, you know, put a grip on them and, you know, kids can get started that way. Right. Um, right. but you know, clubs have definitely come a long way. So, um, let's just talk about why it's important for 
junior golfers or golfers in general to get fit for the right equipment? Well, the juniors are, are, you know, specifically just a, it's a whole different ball game. You know, they're, they're growing constantly. Um, you know, so, so there's, there's constant changes being made, not only to their swing, but also the equipment that will fit them. So, you know, junior clubs have come a long way, that's for sure. But at the same time, there's also a lot of bad ones out there. So, you know, you've got probably, in my opinion, the two best junior golf equipment companies um, would be, you know, U.S. Kids and uh, probably Ping, I would say. Hmm. Um, you know, I if you take the original – let's take a standard six iron, right? That's 37 and a half inches at a D two swing weight. And, you know, with a 62 degree lie angle and you try to give that to a kid to hit, well, there's no way that we're going to be able to get him in proper posture, ball position, alignment. So it's important to get number one, the proper length and lie angle for juniors just to be able to get into the right, you know, like I said, the right, the mechanical setup and the right posture. Yeah. So those, those numbers that you throw out there just for folks that don't understand that terminology, are you, mm-hmm. are, are those relating back to like a standard adult set, how those would be? Yeah. A uh, standard adult set, you know, uh, basically you, you got a, a men's standard and a lady's standard. That's, that's just the way they've, they've done it forever. And generally what that means is that, you know, a men's set is going to be about an inch longer than a lady's set. But, you know, if you're going to take, you know, a 10 or 11 or an 8-year-old or a 14-year-old, you know, obviously that's not going to, to work for them. So it's a combination of a height, arm length, posture, and setup that really – that's why I think it's important when you're going to look at equipment that the, the fitter hopefully has – quite a bit of knowledge about the golf swing itself. Um, and I think working with the coaches for the student is super important. So, you know, everybody's on the same page. We understand why we're doing what we're doing and how that's going to help develop the player further. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit more. So, you know, you've got instructors out there that are working with players you know, they're working on making specific moves or maybe a posture change, um, which could also affect like the lie angle of the club. Right. Um, mm-hmm. if they're trying to change their posture. Right. So, you know, just talk a little bit through kind of like, when is it the right time to get fit? You know, if you're, if you're going through a major swing overhaul or if you're working on refining some little things, I mean, what kind of advice can you give about, timing of of being fit for clubs well really it's it's it changes it it depends it's it's a completely every every kid is going to be different you know somebody's gonna might have a very long torso short legs or very long legs and a short torso or maybe very long arms or short arms so you know it it just depends you have to take it by a case-by-case scenario but you know i think what's important is to get with the coach and and the fitter they have to work together i believe you can't you can't uh otherwise you get too there's too many cooks in the kitchen yeah. and you know we start to get lost so i think you know first and foremost i think the coach and specifically i'm talking with juniors at this point 
the coach is going to have probably the most input um, as to where the direction we want to go. So, you know, proper, again, proper length, proper lie angle. You have to have the club laying on the ground. So the center of the sole of the club is, is you have the ability to, you know, hit the center of the, of the face. You know, if you got the if the toes of the golf club sticking up off the ground and the heels digging into the ground, that ball's going to go left. You know, if the toes down in the ground, the heels off, meaning the club would effectively be too flat, the ball's going to go right. So even with a good golf swing, if you don't have a club that is laying on the ground properly, the chance you could put a great swing on it, and you're not going to hit it very well, which is going to discourage the kid or the junior. Um, and probably won't, he won't even know he or she wouldn't even know why the, you know, why they didn't strike it as good as they thought, even though they might've put a good golf swing on it. So it's very important. I think for juniors, I can't stress enough that length and lie angle are key. Now down the road, there's a lot of different shafts out there. We can talk about that in a minute or whenever you want to get into that. But um, I think the key to begin with, is is definitely going to be length and lie angle okay so i mean i do want to get into shafts and stuff like that and you know some of the different factors but let's take a step back and start with um just walk us through like because you're talking about length and arm length and leg length like walk us through what a fitting looks like so that maybe we can some some people can start visualizing kind of you go into the fitting studio this is how i'm going to determine some of these things that you're talking about or how the club fitter is going to determine some of these so if you know parents are taking their kid in or or a kid's in with a with a fitter um they can maybe recognize you know some of the right key things that this person should be doing uh um, yep. to kind of conclude you know what's going to be the best fit for them so before let me let me say this before I answer that um, is unfortunately I find you know more often than not that a lot of people that are you know claim to be club fitters you know unfortunately are not qualified or maybe don't have the experience to do it right. So if you're going to do if you're going to go through a fitting then you need to you need if you need to spend your time and your money wisely and you might as well do it with somebody reputable not reputable so you know you have a lot of companies out there um you know cool clubs hot sticks um club champion uh true spec you know those are the companies that i would you know those are the companies that have all the different brands all the different heads all the different shafts and they can interchange them and try everything Whereas if you were going to go into, uh, you know, Golf Galaxy or a PGA Tour store, or just a big box store, they have a lot of options. That's for sure. Not for they don't have a lot of options for juniors though. Um, so first off, I would uh, first off I would say go to a very reputable fitter, one of those four. Um, secondly, the first thing that I do when I'm in a fitting is is I establish a baseline. Okay, so. If you go into a fitting and I think the first thing that needs to happen is you need to find out what it is you have in your bag right now. That's the first. In other words, you're going to put the clubs, the whole set through a test. Okay. To find out what you have. 
So you, you would basically need to know the swing weight, okay, which is really doesn't actually have anything to do with the overall weight of a golf club. It's really just the balance of the club, okay? So, and it's based off of, you know, different uh, letter and number combinations, right? So it could go from A1 to, you know, E8, you know? So it's just a balance between the head and the shaft, all right, and the grip, okay? So if you don't have a consistent swing weight, okay, you're going to have a different feel, in the club head. Okay. So the first thing I want to know is I want to know what's the swing weight on all the clubs and they're all going to vary unless you have a custom built set. So you're going to have, we need to know the length of the club, the lie in the loft. Okay. Of each iron and wedge. Then we need to know the free, which you can only get from a frequency machine. All right. Which is going to basically tell you the true playability and stiffness of each club in your bag. Okay, which so if we can determine if we can determine the swing weight, the length, the lie in the loft, and the frequency of each club, now all of a sudden, you know, which takes about a half hour to go through if you have the right equipment to say, here's your baseline, here's what we have, this is our starting point. Those are with your then, current clubs, then. Current clubs, yes, because you know, why 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 would you go just you know who's going to go buy golf clubs just to buy golf clubs, right? Right. You might find. You know, when you do this, you might find that, hey, you know what, this is okay, this works, you know, this is, you know, not too far off, you know, so establishing the baseline with the current equipment that you have is key, because without that, you have nothing to compare to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So then what I like to do from there is I like to start with the irons. Okay. Okay. So I will have you basically take your six iron out once you're warmed up. And I will have you hit roughly 10 to 15 shots, okay? And then we're going to be using some type of launch monitor, okay? And there's a lot of them out there, right? Yeah. There's a lot of them out there. Um, but what we need to do is we need to establish our averages, okay? So we need to know the average swing speed of your six iron. We need to know your angle of attack. We need to know your spin rate, the height of the golf ball, the angle of descent, and we need to get an average of those shots so we can, we can be, okay, say, Hey, all right, your six iron average goes 140 in the air. It is 6,000 RPMs and your launch angle is 28 degrees. Right? So we want to find those, those numbers and then we want to optimize those numbers. Okay. So generally when you're working with kids, you know, they're playing with either junior clubs, you know, it's not, I rarely, I don't think I actually have ever actually had somebody come in with a, a junior come in and said, you know what? Those are great. Yeah. You know, I usually 99.9% uh, .9 of the time, they're not playing with the right equipment. Yeah. So, and I don't, and I'm not talking about brands at this right. point. I'm just strictly talking about the specs. And when you say optimize, right? you're talking about there, there's a scale of, optimal numbers based on a junior player or based on an individual. Yeah. It's all based on basically the speed, okay. right? So, so if you got a junior who's swinging a six iron, at, it's 65 miles an hour, or you got an LPGA player swinging at 82 miles an hour, or you got a PGA tour player swinging at 99 miles an hour, there's going to be optimal launch and spin conditions and numbers 
for those specific speeds. All right. So in most cases, you know, you'd be amazed, you know, if, if I could put a club in your hand and have you hit 10 balls, and then I could put an optimized club in your hand and have you hit 10 balls and you might see a 20 yard difference in carry because people don't realize how much spin really affects the overall distance and accuracy of the shot. So, you know, a difference in, you know, 2000 RPMs could make, you know, it could be 20 yards. So it's about establishing that baseline to start and then comparing, you know, that towards what we think you want to be in. Right. Is there a, is there like a chart out there that somebody could find? Let's say somebody has access to, a launch monitor like TrackMan, like FlightScope, and before they go in, you know, to do a fitting, they just kind of want to check and gauge, you know, where they are and where those numbers are um, before they go spend a bunch of money. Is there somewhere they can, like a resource they can get those numbers from? Well, you know, I would encourage people to, you know, to do um, – y- y- I, I like TrackMan a lot, okay? TrackMan is going to give you more valuable data than any other launch monitor, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. So, it, you know, there's plenty of people out there that have them, and there's plenty of people out there that actually will charge you for a session on them. So you can do uh, a distance test. You can, do, you can go through your whole bag, hit 10 shots with each one of them, and then get a printout with all your okay. numbers. And for the most part, if you just get on, you know, Google and search, you know, TrackMan session near me, you'll probably find, you know, somebody in the area that's doing it, yeah. you know, that's, that's becoming very, very popular. So they'll charge you for that half hour or hour or however long it is. But again, if you go to a reputable fiddle, fitter, like the people I, I said earlier, that's, that would all be sure. done on the okay. spot. Okay. Good deal. Um, so you were talking a little bit about, or can you, can you kind of walk us through a little bit more of, or of the fitting you're talking about, you know, you start sure. with the irons, um, you know, where do we go from there? Yeah. I, so I start with the irons. Okay. And then what I like to do is go right from the irons to the driver. Okay. okay? And again, so now you're going to start off with your driver, right? And we're going to get some numbers and we're going to get your averages. And then we're going to select a shaft and a loft combination that we feel is going to be, you know, a good start at least. Right. Yeah. And you might have to hit, you know, you might try, you know, six different heads in, in three different lofts and five different shafts. Okay. Until we optimize those numbers to where we want them. Right. Okay. And once we've got the irons and the driver set, now I'm going to go back and I'm going to fill in the gaps. So the longest iron, let's say you stop at a four iron or maybe you stop at a five iron. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we need to find out how we're going to fill the distance gaps between your five iron or your longest iron and your driver. Yeah, that was one of my questions I was I was going to ask, or I started thinking about, you know, as a player, and you know, per the the rules of golf, uh, if you're playing in competition, mm-hmm. you can you can only have 14 clubs in your bag, right? So, right, that's one of the things I started thinking about was, you know, how do I know what clubs to choose? You know, between fairway woods and hybrids and wedges. So, yeah, talk us through that a little bit. Yeah, so what I'm looking for is, again, utilizing those 14 clubs. Let's call it 13, really, because the putter is the putter. Sure. Right? So, you know, you got 13 clubs to cover all the possible distance gaps, okay? 
So usually what I find is once they get away from that, you know, they start getting into those long irons, especially a junior who in, in general, well, you know, unless they're in high school or whatever, in general, we're dealing with slower swing speeds. Okay. So lower lofted clubs, like a three iron or a four iron or a five iron. Okay. At those low swing speeds, there's not enough speed to create enough spin and not enough spin and speed to create enough launch. So those, those long irons are really becoming obsolete for, for the younger right, so, players you're saying. Yeah. And you well, know what? And if you, if you, not only just the younger players, I mean, look at, look at the champions sure. tour, look at the LPGA, look at the PGA tour, you know, you're, you're for the last 15 years, we've been seeing more and more and more and more hybrid replacements, mm-hmm. right? You know, you got a guy like, let's just say Dustin Johnson. Okay. Who has no problem hitting a two iron. Okay. Because he's got a, a super high swing speed, he's able to create the launch and able to create the spin to get that ball up in the air and the distance that he wants it. But for the rest of us, especially juniors, you know those long irons are becoming obsolete, and you know definitely should be looking at more high launching, higher spinning, you know, more forgiving uh, uh, clubs to replace those long okay. irons. So, you know, I find. You know, most juniors have a hard time hitting three woods. All right. They're only 15 degrees on standard. Okay. Some, some are making high launch, uh, fairway woods with more loft, but for the most part, I find three woods very difficult for juniors to hit again, very low loft. Okay. So a lot of times I will end up going with a four wood and a seven wood combination. So now you're, you know, 17 degrees and 21 degrees versus a three wood, five wood at 15 degrees and 18 degrees. And even though you think to yourself, well, you know, this has got more loft, it's not going to go as far. Well, that's not actually true. Okay. Cause they don't have the speed to get the ball up in the air. So by the time that three wood, that three woods fallen out of the sky and that four wood still climbing because it's got enough loft to get the ball up in right. the air. So Again, that's the beauty of TrackMan because I can, as a fitter, I can literally just go, they have an optimizer button on there, okay? And it will show you, which has made my job easier and pretty much all the fitters' jobs easier, is because now we can immediately say, okay, no, this is launching too low, we need more loft, or this is launching too low, we need a little bit of a lower kick point, higher launching, higher spinning shaft. Okay, so we can go in there and just kind of do that immediately based off of the the numbers that we're yeah. getting. So, you know, it's about filling that those gaps between your longest iron and the driver and being smart about it because I find a lot of kids will come to me and they'll say, "Okay, well they got three clubs in their bag and they all go the same distance." <laughs> right. Right? So just get get them out of the bag. They're not do, they're just taking space right. up at this point. So, and it just confuses the player and it doesn't make any sense. So, you know, that's, that's key, you know, finding out and you can really only do that on a launch monitor unless you're standing out in the middle of the range, getting golf balls hit at you, right. you know, to, to find out where the ball is landing, you know, why, you know, why would you want to give a four iron to a kid swinging 78 miles an hour? Well, yeah, you know, it's it's a little bullet, a little knuckleball comes out and then it hits and then it's 15 yards over the green because there's not enough spin on it to stop it. So I like those higher launching, higher spinning shots because they're going to be hitting a lot of long irons and hybrids into par fours. Yeah, and it's 
you know, this topic too, I think it kind of reverts back to something you said was so important a little bit earlier in the talk was, you know, how involved the instructor or the coach needs to be in the process of uh, making sure that the students are getting the right equipment. Just because you know, you're talking about course strategy now, right? And like, you know, hitting approach shots sure. and choosing different clubs. Well, in the most part, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, uh, there's two people that know the, uh, the juniors game the best, and that would be uh, the junior and the instructor. Right. Right. So if I have the ability to, to use the knowledge and um, of the instructor to find out more, the more I can know about the player and the more I can know about the game, the better choices I can make for yeah. him. Yeah. So it's, it's absolutely key. Um, absolutely key, which is, you know, which is I've had a lot of, I've had the privilege of being able to, to work with students and a lot of, with their coaches, which are very talented individuals and, and know the game, but that's the problem I have, you know, is going into a big box store, not with your coach, you know, we're going to go in there, you know, I hate to say it, but at the end of the day, it's a business and they're trying to, they're trying to sell equipment. So it's important to have everybody behind you because it's not a small investment. It can get very expensive very quickly. Um, so you know, go to the best person you, you can absolutely yeah. find. So what are those four companies again you mentioned? Uh, cool Clubs, Hot Sticks, Club Champion, and True Spec. Okay, okay. Yeah, guys, I think it's important, um, you know, like Alex said, to you know, just make sure you're working with the right people and people that are super knowledgeable. Um, you know, in the golf business, everybody's trying to make money, but at the same time, um, you know, these four companies in Alex's expert opinion, it sounds like, um, you know, have a very reputable, um, uh, reputation for lack of better words, um, in the business, uh, to do the right thing by the consumer. And, um, you know, that's what you want. You want somebody that's gonna, you know, help you build a, a set of clubs that's going to make you successful out on the golf course. So, um, I want to pivot a little bit to, you know, obviously still talking about um, club fitting, but can you give the folks that are listening some insight on there's so many manufacturers in the business, you know, that make mm-hmm. clubs. How do you even know where to start? You know, um, you know, are is one really stand out above the rest? You know, some are super expensive. Some aren't as expensive, you know, from a performance perspective, um, can you talk a little bit about that in terms of the manufacturers? Sure. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's a very it's a very good question and great topic. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I could I, I feel pretty confident that if you're going to, you know, whether it be Titleist, Ping, Callaway, Mizuno, TaylorMade, you know, I would. I would urge everybody to stay in those, those areas. Okay. Cobra, you know, don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste your time with low end small companies. And, and the reason I say that is because they, the big companies are spending, the reason you're paying $600 for a driver is because the big companies spend a ton of money 
in research and development. Mm. And those smaller companies just don't have the budget to do it. So there's no question in my mind um, that those companies are going to outperform the little guys. Okay. Okay. There, there's no question. And I see it time and time again. Okay. So the, 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 the easiest way to put this guys in, is that you have to kind of look at it like a car. Okay. All right. All right. Cars. Let's just take a Cadillac for instance. Okay. They have different price points, right? Or a Lexus or a BMW or whatever car you want to look at. Every company is going to have their kind of high end, their middle range and their low end. Okay. And what that's going to come down to is the materials that they're using in those specific lines of equipment and the cost is reflected. Okay. So if you go out and you buy, you know, a cheap driver, right. That says, uh, beta tie on the face or something like that. You're pretty much guaranteed that you're playing with an aluminum club head versus a titanium club head, which is a much cheaper material. Right. So, so, Stick, go, go with the uh, mid to high end. And I don't think really, if you stick with those companies, I, I don't really, I'm not really a brand, a big time brand guy. Like I'm more interested in what the numbers are saying. Sure. So, you know, some drivers you're going to find, you know, if you got a guy who, or you got anybody who's, you know, maybe hitting the ball left to right. Okay. Well, I can tell you right now, the Titleist you know, well, maybe not currently, but let's just say the title is uh, um, ST2. Yeah. The TS2. That, that driver's a little easier to turn over right to left. All right. It's got more weight in the heel. So, you know, you want to, you, that's, but that's going to come down to going through the fitting and testing it out. And that's why it's so important to be able to have all this stuff available. Right. So I, if I, let's say we come down, we find a, a shaft that's working and kicking properly for you. Now we can hit 15 balls with six different heads and just let the numbers speak for themselves. Cause it's not going to be. And a lot of it too is, is what you want to look at. Yeah. All right. Per- personally, I've, I'm a Titleist guy. I've always been a Titleist guy. Um, but that doesn't mean I like everything from Titleist. Okay. I like Titleist irons. I like Titleist drivers. I like Titleist wedges. Okay. I happen to really like tailor-made fairway woods. I happen to really like ping hybrids. Okay. So, you know, just because you, you know, don't, don't look at it like that. Right. Don't look at it like that. Like, okay. I, you know, I'm a Callaway this, I like tailor-made on the, you should look at what's going to perform the best for you as an individual and don't be scared to mix and match stuff because, at the end of the day, the tour players aren't just all playing. You'd be surprised. You look at, go look at what's in the bag, you know, in, in Golf yeah. Digest, and look what's in the bag. And you know what? The, you, you, it's tough to find, you know, all current same brand equipment in those bags because they're trying to play with what's going to help them the most. Yeah. And you should do the same exact thing. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of those guys too, I mean, even the ones that have big equipment deals – you know, they're required to play a certain number of clubs, I think, if correct me if I'm wrong, from those equipment manufacturers. But there's some leeway on, you know, what they're able to put in the bag also. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when it comes when it comes to that, uh, that whole marketing aspect of it, it's the most important thing for those companies is what's on your golf bag. Sure, sure. You know, so 
you know, they, I, I'm pretty confident that you could, if with, with the proper fitting and the right shafts and the right length, the right flex, the right weight, the right lie angle, I could build a set of clubs with any of those brands and have them perform better than your current equipment that is not fitted properly yeah. to you. Yeah. But yes, don't be scared to mix and match things. Okay. And, uh, and the only way to find that out is to get on a launch monitor and, and let the numbers speak for themselves. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about putters for a second. Um, can you get fit for putters? Is it necessary to Absolute. get fit for putters? Well, Every, every tour player out there has their own unique specific specs to their putter. Okay. okay. So it, yeah, absolutely. It depends on, it depends on the type of putter you are. It depends on how much forward press, or maybe you have no forward press. It depends on the pace of your stroke. Or, do you know, are you short and quick? Are you long and smooth? You know, it depends because you're going to want, you know, a lot of different club heads can vary in gram weight. So you could have a 300 gram putter head or you could have a 400 gram putter right. head so it depends on the length of the putter the lie and loft of the putter is huge okay yeah. so most putters have an average of three degrees of loft on them and that's just kind of your run-of-the-mill standard okay but if you have a guy like let's just say matt kuchar right who does that arm lock right. style right so the the putt of the the butt of the grip the butt of the grip is actually leaning against his left forearm so if you if you if you can imagine that for a second, if you took a standard putter and you leaned it forward six inches, well now all of a sudden your three degrees of loft is a negative loft, right? right? So now you're kind of hitting into the ball and it's going to skip and and spin a little bit, right? So it's important to have the right length, which again will be a result of your golf coach getting you into proper posture. Right. Then once you're in proper posture and you got your eyes over the ball, good mechanics. Now we can determine the length. Mm. So if we get the right length, now we can hit some putts. Like now there's, you know, there's a lot of companies out there, but like Sam putt lab, for instance, is a great is in my opinion, probably the best one. And that will show you your launch conditions. Cause there is launch conditions with a putter too. You from a loft, um, from a degree of loft standpoint standpoint. Yep. Absolutely. So we're trying to get the ball to roll as quickly as possible right off the face. Yeah. Okay. But because there is a little loft, there is the, the putt actually gets slightly airborne right after the putter. Okay. So by optimizing the proper loft and lie, you can get that ball rolling quickly. Right. There's also different putters, you know, some are face balanced. Some are very toe heavy. Now we have those, the toe up heel heavy putters, um, some have a slight toe hang to them. And this is all in relationship or in relation to the weight around the golf club to the center of the shaft. All right. So if you have, I mean, you kind of have to play around with it a little bit, but if you get on the Sam putt lab and you hit it at three different styles of putters, you're going to find out really quickly, which one is actually going to give you the best roll right. and the, the best face control. Okay, so a lot of people sometimes will swing the putter open, swing it closed, all right? A little longer fluid swinging action, which would be, you know, like your Ben Crenshaw style. And then you have, you know, some people that are very straight back, straight through with a square face. I've always found it a little easier. That's how, kind of the way I putt, and I've, I've always found it to be a little easier with a, with a face balance mallet. So definitely want to get the proper length, 
definitely want to get the proper loft and lie. Because again, even with three degrees of loft, if the if the club's not sitting properly on the ground, it might be toe up or toe toe down. Then you're gonna actually still you're gonna get left to right. Yeah, you know you can miss putts left or you're gonna miss putts right. So absolutely get fit for your putter. And at the end of the day, who's ever making the most putts is probably gonna finish pretty high up there in the leaderboard. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, such a big piece of the game. you know, we're talking about fitting full sets. We're talking about putters. Uh, we're talking about juniors specifically and, you know, how much their bodies can change in the course of, you know, five years, uh, 10 years as they're growing up um, playing yeah. junior golf. How often would you say uh, it would be, would it be necessary for junior players to, check these types of specs or go through a fitting, you know, to, to make sure that they have the right equipment because they are changing so much. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think the most important thing is just to kind of keep a little scale going of, of, you know, the development of the child. Right. So just mark their height, see where they're growing. You know, it with, when you get taller as a kid, your arms are going to get longer too. So a lot of times the, the wrist to floor measurement isn't going to change as much as you think. Even if the, the kid maybe grows three or four inches, that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to all of a sudden go to a longer club because the arms are growing as okay. well. Okay. So it's, it's important. I would, I would say as a rule of thumb, probably every six months just to get checked for, you know, wrist to floor measurement speed, because, you know, if you get a 13 year old who shoots up six, inches in in five or six months okay now all of a sudden well they're swinging faster you know the the club's just not gonna it's just maybe not gonna work for them but you know maybe every six months just go in and just you know see where it is um and for those kids that are out there that you know are trying to figure out like do i even like the sport of golf you know parents are trying to get them introduced what would you say are the best clubs, not in terms of brand um, or anything like that, but, you know, seven iron wedge in terms of just starting out and like, what club would you suggest somebody start out just kind of trying to hit shots with as a beginner? I would say, I would say an eight. Iron. Okay. How come, you know, an eight. Well, because it's friendly, you know, there's loft, uh, you know, if you ask, if you take a hundred people and say, what's the, what club do you hit the best in your bag? probably 75% of them are going to say eight iron. It's a, it's a good comfortable length. Okay. Which is where that one length set came from, by the way. Okay. You're talking about Cobra. DeChambeau. Yep. That, uh, you know, because it's a very comfortable, easy club to set up to. It's not very, it's a shorter club. It's got a lot of loft on it. So loft is your friend in golf. Okay. Mm -hmm. That, that helps the ball go up. So, you know, if you're just getting into golf, okay, the first thing you have to understand is this is the, probably the hardest game on the planet. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. It's, it's the hardest game on the planet. So you have to – you don't want to, you know, you don't want to go grab, a, a you know, an old Ram tour grind one iron and, and say, okay, I'm going to go learn how to – no. Get, get something with some loft on it and, you know, maybe get, you know, something to hit off a tee like a five-wood – you know, and, you know, it's easy to get those clubs in the right length for you. All right. And just, just kind of do a one-off thing, getting started. And if, you know, if you like the game, then, then take it further. Yeah. But, you know, that's what I would do. Okay. Okay. 
Well, I kind of want to wrap it up. Um, you know, if I can kind of bring everything together, you know, there's a lot of detail that you talk about. Um, I think there's a lot of really good topics. And, and for me, kind of my key takeaways are, you know, juniors and, and parents that are out there, if you're looking at club fittings, uh, make sure you're going to a reputable fitter. You know, Alex mentions four specifically and cool clubs, hot sticks, club champion, a true spec. Um, I think one of the really big takeaways that, that I have is, you know, there's, there's such a good relationship uh, or should be such a good relationship between the coach and the player uh, that it's super important that, that the coach is involved in that process of fitting um, just from a, you know, understanding that individual's game better, um, making sure that they're able to communicate that, you know, with the person that's fitting the, the player for clubs. Um, you know, those are kind of my two biggest takeaways. Um, anything you would add to that just kind of as we wrap up and, you know, kind of bring everything together. Well, one thing we didn't talk about, which to wrap up is you might want to consider getting the right golf ball. Ah, okay. All right. That's another thing that you can actually test out on a launch monitor because the, the golf ball is going to play a big role too in the spin and the launch conditions that you're going to get. Okay. So having something, especially at those, those slower speeds, you know, that's got, you know, something that you're going to be able to compress something that you're going to be able to stop on the greens you know, a pro V one X is not going to work for, for a 12 year old. Right. Okay. It's, it's a hard golf ball. It's designed for tour players with a hundred plus mile an hour swings. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So, so, you know, just, you, you can do that as well. And most of those good, the, the fitting companies that I mentioned will have a variety of different golf balls to test as, as well while you're there. Okay. Okay. Um, great. Any, any last, things that you would add uh just for the the junior golf community and the parents that are listening i would just say have fun enjoy the game and may all your putts have depth <laughs> there you go good deal uh, well guys i think if if you've been listening to this podcast um you know i think the common theme and alex just said it uh was have fun uh golf is a game um you know we got to keep it fun and we've got to, you know, make sure that, you know, the kids are having fun with it. Um, so I think that's a great thing to, to end on. So Alex, man, I appreciate you joining us. Um, a lot of great knowledge that you've got about club fitting and, uh, I know some people are going to take some good value about out of it. So thank you very much. My pleasure. Good talking to you, All right, man. Brother. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that does it for episode six of Junior Golf Keys with our guest Alex Hansberger from Missing Link Golf Academy. As you heard, Alex has a wealth of knowledge in the golf equipment space, and I'm really happy that he was able to join us to help you all learn about the importance of club fitting and building the right bag for your game. If you've taken any value away from this show, I'd ask that you please, please, please share and leave a review. Also, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on some exciting guests we have lined up. The next two weeks are going to be really exciting as we dive into the world of college golf recruiting with two great coaches 
from big time programs, including one reigning national championship coach. So you don't want to miss this. I appreciate you tuning in and I hope you join me next week for another episode of Junior Golf Keys.